You're listening to sermons from Redeemer Church in Round Rock, Texas. Redeemer is a gospel-centered, missional family learning and living the way of Jesus in the suburbs of Austin. Amen, amen. Well, you may be seated. Good morning, church family. Good to see you. I want to welcome guests as well. I see a lot of new faces this morning. I just want to say welcome to you. So glad that you're here with us this morning. Uh, My name is Jordan Elder. I'm one of our pastors here at Redeemer. I serve as pastor of preaching and vision and just so glad that you're here with us this morning. During the month of July, we are in a sermon series that we're calling Values and Voices. And so if you are new at this, it's a great time to learn a little bit more about who we are and what we value as a church. One of the things that I'm most excited about in this series is not only are we sharing with you some of the things that we value, but you're, you're, you're getting to hear from some uh, key voices, really leading voices in our church who are modeling and leading out some of these things that we value and that we wanna be about. Last week, you got to hear from Joe Gunther as he talked about our value to be a missional family that multiplies the gospel. And Joe is preparing to plant Redeemer Hutto here in the future. And this morning, you're going to get to hear from Tyler Gatewood. Tyler's one of our elders here at Redeemer. Many of you know Tyler. And Tyler's going to be sharing with us our value to be a church that cares, a caring family, that we love and care for one another and care for our city and the world with the care that we've received from Christ. And I can't think of a better person to share this word with us. Tyler, um, has in many ways, even just in my own life, been such a faithful friend, a caring brother. Um, G- Jesus has used you in my life and so many of our lives to extend the care of Christ. And so Tyler, I want to pray for you, and I can't wait to hear from you this morning. Let me pray. God, thank you for my brother Tyler. Pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would fill him as he brings a word to us this morning. I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear from you. No matter how we come into this place this morning, Thank you that you are a God of grace, that you are a God of mercy, it's abounding and steadfast love, and that you want to meet with us this morning, you want to speak to us, you want to meet us where we are, that God, you, you do not change, you are the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, but yet your redeeming grace can change everything in our lives. And so disarm us with your grace this morning, I pray that you would fill Tyler and speak to us through your word, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Jordan. Uh, good morning, Redeemer family. Good morning. Hey, good morning. For those who are streaming online, good morning to you as well. Uh, just really glad to be here with each of you and to be able to share with you about what it means to be a caring family. And Jordan said, my name is Tyler Gatewood, and I had a chance to be an elder here. And, you know, my wife, Megan, and I have had the chance to lead uh, gospel communities for several years here at Redeemer and lead in various other ways. You've probably seen us around from time to time. And, and so, but we've been thankful that over the last year or so, um, we've, I've had the opportunity to help lead out in the area of biblical counseling and care for Redeemer. My wife, Megan, um, and I actually laugh a lot about this because she's always told me that counseling is a natural fit for me because when we're having a discussion or, a, you know, or, or even an argument, I always go, hey, how does that make you feel? <laughs> what, 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 what do you think about that? Let's talk about that. You know, I have a couch. Come sit down. Come sit with me. No. And, so, and then she always gets to respond with, hey, I'm not a client of yours. I'm your wife. Let's have a real conversation. And so, so yeah. So, but biblical counseling, though, is something that we want to grow in here at Redeemer. Um, we recognize the need for that. And we hope to equip and train up many leaders to counsel. Because honestly, our calling for each one of us is to counsel 
in some way in your everyday conversations or how you talk with your kids or your coworkers or your spouse. We're all counselors in some sort of way, but we do hope to train up those who are equipped to do that. And if you want to talk more about that, let's, let's, let's have coffee and talk about that more in the future. But we also recognize, though, here at Redeemer, that the last 15 or 16 months has brought out a lot of hurt, a lot of anxiety, a lot of sadness, a lot of suffering, a lot of fill-in-the-blank emotion. And we've dealt with a lot of things, and it's been hard. But know first and foremost that you're not alone in that, that first Jesus sees you and knows you and cares deeply about you. But we also see you as the family here at Redeemer. And we want to care for you and your family. We value that. and We want to support you in that. So my hope to you is that you'll let us come alongside you in that and walk with you through that process. So let me pray as we get started. Pray. Father God, we, we thank you that you care for us so deeply in such a way that you want us to share that care with others. We thank you that we could go to you and cast our cares, our anxieties, our burdens to you, Father. And you welcome that and you want to hear it. And thank you for modeling for us what it looks like to care. And we pray that we can do that for one another. So we thank you, Father. Um, we ask for more of you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. So I am thankful to be able to continue in our, voice, our Values and Voices series as we look at being a caring family. Like Joe last week did an excellent job talking about what it means for us to be a missional family and to live on mission, to be sent. And one way that we are sent is in how we care for one another. And so this morning, we're going to consider, hey, why do we care? Why, why is it even worth it to do this? So why we care, but then also, why do we struggle to care from time to time? Like, why, why is it hard for us? And then lastly, how do we do it? Just some practical kind of tips on how we can care for, you, for each other. But when I began to think about this topic of being cared for, it made me ask myself this question. I want you to ask yourself this question is, when you think of care, what do you think of? What images or emotions or feelings come to your mind when you think of being cared for? And as I was thinking through this, I was considering all the ways I've seen Redeemer care for people over our, our time here. We've seen numerous people be cared for by having a meal provided. Some of you may have had someone bring you a meal here at Redeemer. Maybe you had uh, someone lent you some money or they gave you a place to stay. We've seen car notes paid off. We've seen people moved several times. And we've been able to care for one another in that. But as I was thinking about this, I could not help but think about my family's story of when we first came to Redeemer and what that would look like and how we were cared for. And kind of a little bit of our story was we came in May of 2013 as church planting residents. Um, the program's much better now for Joe and Rick. I was like the guinea pig, the church planet resident <laughs> guinea pig. And so we, we were needing to be cared for because we left um, a, kind of a, a life of youth ministry, stepping into something we weren't really sure what we were getting into. And to be honest, we were kind of nervous, you know. 
So we had to leave all that we knew and move to Round Rock and, and step into this life, and, but we had no place to live, you know, which is essential you know, to, uh, to moving. And so Jordan and Sammy Elder said, hey, come live with us. You know, and, and so and while you look for a house, come live with us. And that's, you know, that was a very generous request, but what made it even more generous was that Sammy was pregnant and my wife Megan were pregnant at the same time. And they were due about two weeks apart from each other. That was a, that was a lot. <laughs> but I was so thankful because they were, Jordan and Sammy were able to care for us in such a way that we had never seen before. They helped answer my crazy first-time dad questions of, what, what does this mean? She's feeling this way, what, what's going on? But in that time together, we had numerous opportunities, Jordan and I, to make many a Dairy Queen run <laughs> and get ice cream you know, for our spouses. But we saw, and care, we saw them love and care for us in a way that we'd never seen before. They were modeling biblical care for us. But why would they even do that? Why would they even do that? And so, um, if you'll stand with me, we're going to read through Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10, as we read God's word together. And we're going to look at what it means for us to care for one another. So go to Galatians 6, it'll be on the screen behind me. It says, brothers, if anyone is, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. Uh, for each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who has taught the word share in all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. You may be seated. See, Jordan and Sammy, they were modeling biblical care for us. And we see that as Paul starts off with the Galatians here in verses 1 through 3. He says, Brothers, if, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. And verse 2, to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. See, Jordan said we're modeling Christ for us because Christ is the example of biblical care. We, why do we care? We care because Christ cares. And Christ cares deeply for us. But see, Paul here in verse 1 and 2 gives us a little more background on why we do this. He says, first, that Paul calls us to restore each other in the spirit of gentleness. Gentleness is not a term we talk about a lot nowadays. To be gentle. 
But then he says in verse 2, to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. See, Christ had told his disciples earlier on in Matthew to love one another as you love yourself. See, Paul is reminding them this and urging the Galatians to imitate Christ, the ultimate example of one who bears burdens. Because he took the burdens of sin on the cross. See, Christ cares for us. He is the image of care. He is the, he does this daily. But when we hear this term of bearing burdens, this feels like a lot, okay? And it is at times. Like, we're like, I'll have my own stuff going on. How can I bear someone else's burdens? Like, how can I care for someone? But see, we're reminded, though, to bear burdens doesn't come from our own strength, our own ability, or our own intellect, but it comes from Christ, the one who goes before us, the one who provides for us a way. We have to remember that we are not the ones who change lives, but it's the work of Christ that changes lives. It is the Spirit of God that changes lives. We are simply called to be faithful to the work set before us. And that work before us is to care and to bear burdens. But what does that even look like to bear burdens for one another? How do we do this? And, and we can see uh, in Ephesians 4, 4, 1 through 3, it just says this. It says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness. There's that word again. With patience bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. See, Paul tells us in Ephesians to be intentional with our time, to walk in humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. That's how we bear burdens. We're humble, we're gentle, we're patient, and we bear with one another in love. We are called to be faithful and to come alongside others and to walk with them and do this gently day by day by day to be long-suffering the way Christ was. Ed Welch, he's a counselor and a a faculty member at a a group called the Christian Counseling and Education uh, Foundation, or you may have seen CCEF from time to time. He has a great quote when it comes to caring for others, and he says, Our calling is to care for each other's souls. Our calling is to care for each other's souls. And see, the thing is that the church, we, the, the people of God, the family of God, are designed to be a community of care. Like, we're not doing this on our own. We're called to be a, a, a community of care that when the suffering of life hits, when we wander off, as we do from time to time, when we struggle, which happens, when we hurt, we are a community that patiently loves us, loves each other in such a way that the things that would have sunk us before, now we can stand because of Christ because the, the fellowship of believers that are around us. We're called to care for one another. And we do that because honestly, you need the care and I need the care. We're not called to be an isolated people. We're not called to do, we're called to be a community of care. 
And see, this isn't just worshiping on a Sunday, which is important. What we do in here each Sunday when we gather is important. And it reorients us back to Jesus. But not only are we called to come together on a Sunday, but we're called to, to shepherd and care for one another through real life relationships. Through having dinners together and playdates together and hanging out together and reminding us of each other, of the promises, of the hope that we have in Scripture. That's how we care. See, God's means of keeping us in the faith through the church is both gathering together, as we've done, as a means of grace, and living in relationship with one another beyond Sunday. Like, I need to, we need to see each other beyond these doors. And a Redeemer does that really well. And I pray that we continue to do that. And if you're new to Redeemer, like, no, we want to come alongside you. We want to care for you. And we want to celebrate with you. And we want to do life with you. You know, we say at Redeemer, we want to learn and live the way of Jesus. We want to do that with you. We want to learn and live the way of Jesus together. So, but we, you know, we've talked about why, you know, like, why we care and we see in Scripture, and we see the examples, and we see that we're called to be a community of care. But honestly, often we struggle to do it. We struggle. And it's hard. And I'm not going to pretend that caring is easy. And at times, it can feel even draining to do. See, at certain times, we want to care for others, but life gets in the way. Marriage gets hard. Jo their job is stressing you out. There's family challenges. There's, you know, fill-in-the-blank challenge. Life just gets hard, and we become inward-focused, and we kind of put the blinders on, and we only see what's ahead of us. That's very normal. And honestly, if we're, just, if we're really reflective for a moment, we struggle to care too because we need someone to care for us because we're hurting and we need someone to care for us. And to kind of go a step further, sometimes we even struggle with the idea of the church being a place of care because you've not seen a, a past church care well. You've not seen a past believer care for you well. And you may feel very uncared for by people who said, hey, we want to care for you. And know that we see you in that. And we, we do care for you in that. And we want to come alongside you in that. But, it's, but we need to know, too. We need to know how we can care for you. And the best way that I can care for you and you can care for me is that we can teach one another to do it by submitting all of it to Jesus Christ. All of it to Christ. But see, caring for one another isn't often a natural thing. Because of sin, we are a wayward, wounded, and selfish people. And it makes more sense for us to be inward-focused people. We believe the lie that we only need to take care of ourselves. That, hey, I've got it. I'm good. I'm self-reliant. I don't need anybody. I don't, I don't need you. Let me figure it out on my own. I think that's a, I think that's a, a way many of us were raised. Is hey, I, I got it. And... Maybe if, you know, maybe I'll 
given this way, and that, that'll, that'll be my, you know, how I care. It's, but we're not called to be isolated, like I said. We, we need the community. Uh, or the other lie that we believe is, hey, I'm too broken and sinful to care. If, if someone knew, really knew me, they wouldn't want me to care for them. I'm a mess. I, I, can't, I can't do that. But see, you, you can do that. And you need to do that. Because in your brokenness, in your mess, like I'm a mess, okay? In your brokenness, that, in, that can be encouraging to someone else. Like I can't tell you how many times people have been like, Tyler, hey, because you get to do counseling, like you do like marriage counseling, your marriage must be perfect. And I'm not even joking about this. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, it's messy. It's hard, you know? But thankfully, I have brothers and, and sisters in our, in our life who can encourage us and remind us of the truth of the gospel, the truth of scripture, the truth of what I'm called to be as a husband. And I've been able to, to encourage and care for people when I've said, hey, we're messy too. You're not alone in that. Like, don't believe this lie that you think that you're alone because you're not, because we understand. So we, it's easy to know why we struggle to care. But let's just take a minute, though, to even consider, like, what does it even look like to care? Like, like how do we do that even practically? Like, because here's the thing is, we must remember that care and counsel is not only for pastors and for biblical counselors. Like, we as the body are called to care. Care is for broken people, for messy people, for sinful people. It's for all of us. It is a community endeavor. Jesus is our example of what care looks like, though. Jesus is, is where we turn to, to say, okay, how do I care? Well, let's, let me look at what Jesus did. But if you, have, if you have a Bible in front of you, it'll also be back here. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. We're going to look, like here, look, look right here what it looks like to care. Verse 11 says this. It says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, Encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all. Patience is a, is a word that I struggle with. I'm sure you're excellent at it, so I'm just going to assume that everyone here is really good at patience. But patience is hard. But to care for people, we need to be patient. See, verse 14, it says to admonish the idle how do we do that? We, we gently remind those who are wandering of the truth of Scripture. And honestly, we all need this from time to time. So we remind, we remind one another 
of the truth of Scripture, of the hope that we have in Christ. He says, encourage the faint-hearted. We encourage those who are struggling or suffering, not with well-meaning intentions, but by the promises of Scripture. How do we help the weak? Well, we simply take care of one another, meet physical needs, go mow a yard, go provide a mill, go be a listening ear or a crying shoulder. We sit with people. So we encourage, we remind, and we are just, we're there, we're present. And see, Paul goes on, though, and you can flip back to Galatians now, Galatians 6. See, Paul even says in verses 4 through 8 of that section, he tells us why it's a community endeavor, why care, like why we even need uh, this community endeavor of care. Because he says, he talks about how pride can come up. This is a, verse 4, but let each one test his own work, and the reason to boast will be in himself alone or not in his neighbor. He goes down to, to verse 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. See, we need each other to help care because what can happen is, because we are a wayward people, when we get in the care, we can say, oh, wow, they deal with that. Not me. Thankfully, my sin's only this, you know. I don't, I don't deal with that. And we'll begin to look down sometimes on people, which is the opposite of care. See, pride is destructive and our hearts can be wicked. And, and so when we are not, when we don't have the community of believers around us to remind us why we care and how we do it, we can begin to think that we ourselves don't need care. But finally, let, let, let's look at verses 9 and 10 here of, of how we care. Verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap. And if we do not give up, and if we do not give up, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are, who are of the household of faith. See, what does Paul say here? He says, to not grow weary in doing good, to do good to everyone. What, what does that even mean? I want to take you back for a moment to 2000. In 3, 2004, okay? Who remembers AIM? Remember AIM? Yeah, some of the older people like, okay. So AIM was like uh, for the young people. <laughs> Before everyone had cell phones and texting, you had AIM. And it was an online instant messenger. And you would leave really cool way messages to say why you were gone, you know? And I love this verse, of verse 9. It says, you know, let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap, and if we do not, if we do not give up, and I'm like, yeah, that's going to be my away message because I'm going to look holy, okay, and I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to do all the good things, and just so people will say, hey, he's a good guy. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I'll just I want to show it. And the charge that Paul's making, I got it so wrong. Like, the charge that Paul's making isn't, isn't just to be a good guy. But it's, it's, it's to do good. Like, we just saying, like, like, you are good. Like, we can do good because, because God is good. And the way that we do good is, is not by, you know, 
trying to be this holy person and like, don't sin. No, it's, that's not it. <laughs> like, we do good because we care. We care deeply for one another. And we remind each other that only God is good. And it's out of his goodness, out of what he's doing, is why we could even do this. That our hope comes from him. Our hope comes from him. See, caring for one another is not a one-time event. But it's the daily call for us as a family of believers. But how do we not grow weary, as the verse says? Well, we submit all of it to Christ. We recognize that we need him to teach us how to care when we become selfish. To teach us how to do good and what doing good even looks like. Because I, can, I want to confess to you, if you don't know this about me, I often try to do these things in my own strength. And you can ask my wife, it doesn't go well. Because you burn out and you become bitter and you become like whatever, you become angry at times because we're trying to do these things and care for people out of my own strength. I'm trying to be good out of my own strength. And that's a fleeting pursuit. It all comes from Christ. I get my hope, we get our hope from Christ. So if you're in the midst of trying to do it on your own strength, confess that to Jesus and say, I need, I need you in this. Parenting out of our own strength, I need you in this. Being married out of our own strength, I need you in this, Jesus. Working out of our own strength, just living out of our own strength, I need you in this, Jesus. You are where all this comes from. So I want to get practical for a moment. So if, if we value care here, which we do, there's three things that we need to consider for us to move forward. Okay, so three practical ways for us to care for one another. We're taking notes. This would be a good area for that. So number one, we must be a people of presence. If we want to care for one another, we need to be a people of presence. We need to pay attention to needs, the needs of others as well as the needs of our own. You may have seen it on the walls you walked in the foyer that we want to be a people of presence in a culture of disconnection. We need to show up and to come alongside. Like if we want to care, come alongside. Uh, Wheaton College professor Josh Laxton says this. He says that when the people of God are faithfully present to God, worshiping him in all spheres of life, they are missionally effective in the world. See, when we are faithfully showing up every day with the people in our life, for our families, for our friends, for our neighbors, for our coworkers, when we are a constant faithful presence, even when it gets hard, that is care for them. I can't tell you how many times I've heard stories of people saying, they, just them being there was so much. Just them showing up was so much. I know we often talk about the, the dangers of like phones and, and, and whatnot. And, and I heard a guy say one time, he goes, hey, let's make your phone work for you. He said, if you want to be a person who cares about others, send them a text. Even make a phone call with it. <laughs> call them, encourage them, remind them. Show up in the everyday. Like, I'm a firm believer that if the Lord puts someone on your mind, 
your call to one, pray for them, and two, reach out to them. Because we're not, we don't naturally do that. We don't naturally think of others at times. So when the Lord puts someone on your mind, first pray for them, and then text them or call them. Just check in. Just say, hey, I just want to see how you're doing. I want to care for you. So one, that we, we are present. We show up. We're invested. Two, we must be a people who listen. We are active listeners, and we listen with intentionality. We need to embody James 1.19, where it says, To know this, my beloved brothers, that every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. To care for someone well, we need to know what they need. And sometimes this is said verbally, and sometimes this is said beneath the service. And you may laugh and say, well, of course I need to listen to care. But the question I want you to ask yourself is, are we really listening to them? See, we need to listen carefully. Because often when we listen, when we try to care for someone and we're listening to them, we'll hear them say something, that'll create a response in our head, and then we'll quit listening to what they're saying. Because we'll just want to respond to them. And so when we do that, we often address like the surface level issue, like the symptom, if you will. When in reality, like their heart is crying out for you to care for them, and we're addressing this thing up here. We need to be a people who actively listen. Like look them in the eyes, pay close attention. Because when we quit listening, it leads to surface-level questions. Like we look at Jesus. How did he listen? He not only heard words, but he heard the heart of the one speaking. We need to listen and listen well. We need to be okay with a pause after someone speaks in some silence and then a response. If you're like me, you want to just quickly say, you have a lot to say. I have to stop. Kind of breathe in, take in what they've said, and then respond. So if we want to care for people, we need to listen really well. In a, a Steve Hopps' book, it's called Marriage Conflict, Talking as Teammates. Marriage is a great place to learn to listen, if you don't know. Um, he says that when we start listening with intention, complimenting with sincerity, and pointing each other to Jesus as we speak, we've made the decision to offer life, not death, with our words. See, when we listen with intention, people will feel cared for. Like, think about it. Think about when someone's talking, like when you're talking to someone. How is it, like, how can you tell they're really listening? Like, what makes you feel cared for when they're listening? I'll challenge you. Do that with other people. So we're, we need to be present. We need to listen. And thirdly, very simply, we need to be a people who ask. We need to be a people who are curious. We are to be a people who want to know. To ask a lot. Ask how I can pray for you. That's simple enough. Ask deep questions. Not just like, hey, how's your day? What you been up to? But ask meaningful questions. Hard questions. Like, hey, how's your, how's your marriage? Is your husband or wife, are they, are they thriving under your leadership or under your care? 
Hey, how are you seeing God move around you and move in you? Hey, how have you seen God move at your workplace where you can be on mission at work? But see, the only way that we can ask these good questions is if we, we listen. And the only way that we can listen is if we're present. See, to be a people of care, we need to do these three things. Because when we can begin to care for people, not in a prideful way, but in a way of great love for them, it'll change our relationships. It'll change how we interact. So I just, for a moment, I want you to consider what, what does it mean for you? Like, what does that look like for you in your life? What does it look like for you to care? I wanna, I wanna close um, by this and the band can come up as, as I'm finishing up. And I just wanna ask you is what might the spirit be leading you to grow in this morning? Maybe it's that you need to ask the spirit who you need to be a faithful presence for. Maybe it's sensing the need that you need to learn to listen really well and ask really good questions. Or maybe it's, it's something different. Maybe it's you need someone to care for you. And you say, listen, like, I've had a hard 15, 16 months. I need, I just, I need to be cared for. So this morning, when I, when I finish in just a moment, there's going to be a few pastors and leaders at the back of the room who just want to care for you. They just want to sit and they just want to listen. And if, if that's not today and, and you need to process this and think through that, reach out to me. Like, I want to sit and I want to hear and we want to care for you. We want to start that process. And lastly, maybe you're like, I don't even know what care is or what, why Jesus cares and why Jesus even cares for me. Let's, let's talk about that too. That's the best thing that we can talk to you about today is the hope that we have in Christ, the hope of, of why we care and why we even can be present and listen and ask. But I just I encourage you this morning to take a moment because there how can you care for others? And maybe that you may need care yourself. So let us come alongside you in that. There's freedom in confession and humility and there's freedom in Christ. But we do this with a gentleness and a patience that reflects the kindness of Christ to us. Every person in the body caring and counseling with one another with wisdom and patience for the good of the church and the glory of of Jesus. Let me pray. Thanks for listening. If you are looking for info, find our website at RedeemerRR.org or download the Redeemer Round Rock app from the Android or iOS app store.